The book of Proverbs is full of wise sayings and teachings. It was meant to provide guidance and instruction for living wise and righteous lives, dealing with topics like money, relationships, faith, and parenting. In this series, we will draw from Proverbs and the wisdom it has to give us about our hearts. Join us as we look at the wisdom for all of our hearts, helping make us live life a little bit lighter. So good morning, church, and for everybody online, good morning. Uh, We're starting off a little heavy there, aren't we? That's something to chew on, but it sets the stage for actually uh, today's message specifically, but we start a brand new series today called Heart to Heart, and we are going to take a look at four um, proverbs over the next four weeks. So we'll just spend each week on one proverb that will talk about our heart. And hopefully after today's message, my goal is that you're going to put the heart on the radar. And some of you that already have it there, that'll stay there. But we'll hopefully walk out of here realizing how important it is that we pay attention to our heart and how important our heart is to God. All right? So that's kind of the goal. But before we get into all that stuff, um, is it okay? I mean, we've got the perfect weather for it. Story time with Pastor Rob. Got the fire going. The blanket around you. You're just going to listen story time with Pastor Robin. And I have to tell you this. It's not a true story. Okay? But work with me. Story of a little mouse just minding its own business one day, just scooting around. And out of nowhere, this, this uh, cat comes. And it starts chasing the mouse. The mouse's heart is racing. It knows it's going to be uh, pranced on and die here soon. So it, it reaches out to its fairy godmother. And says, will you turn me into a cat, please? Poof, turned into a cat. So once a mouse, now is a cat. And the cat is just prouncing around, living life on the streets. And then all of a sudden, this dog shows up. And the dog was a vicious dog. And it chased the cat back all around the streets into behind an alley. And it got the cat cornered. And it was ready to kill the cat. And the cat reached out to its fairy godmother. Will you turn me into a dog? Poof, turned him into a dog. So now the dog is out and about, and he makes his way to an old farm, and he's running around uh, the farm there, and then out of nowhere, a tiger appears. The tiger chases the dog into the woods, and the dog's heart is racing. He knows death is near, the, the drool coming from the tiger's mouth, and all of a sudden, it reaches out to its fairy godmother and says, turn me into a Tiger. So now you've got this dog that is now a tiger, and it's running around. The tiger owns the woods. He's the man of the woods. And all of a sudden, he comes across some natives with bow and arrows. And they're out there killing tigers for their skin. And he comes across these two, and they got their bows pulled back with the arrows ready to fly in the air. And the tiger's heart starts pounding. It reaches out to its fairy godmother, and it says, turn me into one of those human beings. Well, the fairy godmother shows up and says this. We've gone from a mouse to a cat, from a cat to a dog, from a dog to a tiger, and now you want to turn into a human And she closes with this statement that I think is so important for all of us today. I can make you whatever you wish to become. But if your heart remains to be the heart of a mouse, you will always live in fear. 
I can make you whatever you wish to become. But if your heart remains to be that of a mouse, you will always live in fear. I love this story. Although it's simple, it really speaks to the choice that you and I have today. Are we going to walk out of here with hearts of mice? Are we going to walk out of here with hearts that are chasing after God? That's a choice for us today. It's a choice for us the next four weeks in this series. And the honest truth, it's a choice for life, isn't it? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you that you give us choice. And we chose, many of, these, many of us today chose to be here today. Weather could have kept us back, yet uh, we chose still to be here. And I, I pray whether we're here or online, God, that you, would, that you would speak to our hearts on this topic of the heart. And God, I, I know the evil one would want to get into this and get messy with it. And I pray against him. And I pray, God, that we would just hear from your Holy Spirit. Help us to understand how important our hearts are and what we need to do with it. Help me with a messy heart to communicate the desires of what your heart truly is. And we know this could only be done through your Holy Spirit. So we lean into him. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, the history of the heart. Uh, There's nothing magical about this, nothing uh, uh, really uh, uh, new, but I really just did the quick research. I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on the radio. But uh, when we talk about the physical heart, medically speaking, the heart is a muscular organ that pumps life-giving blood to all parts of the human body through the body's uh, circulatory system of various blood vessels. This provides nutrients and oxygen that our body needs. No surprises, right? Um, we all need our heart. As a matter of fact, here's a really crazy out on the limb statement. If we didn't have our heart, we wouldn't be here. Okay? So that's the physical heart. And we know we could talk about heart disease and we could talk about all how important it is to care for our hearts and heart attacks and all that good stuff. But we're not going to talk about that because there's an element of our heart also that um, most don't talk about. And that's the spiritual aspect of our heart. And that's where I want us to speak to today. And so if you're taking notes um, with the history of the heart, I want you to go to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go right there almost at the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. It says, so God created mankind in his what? In his own image, right? So God created us in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, I could go off on this, but let me just say this. There's not a bunch of different things there. It just says you're male or you're female, okay? But then he says something that's really important for today's message. He says that we are created in the image of who? The image of who? We're created in the image of God. So here's the simple conclusion I came to. Rob Denton has a heart that's beating, and I'm created in the image of God. Therefore, that must mean God has a heart. You see that? Now with that, you go to 1 Samuel 13, 14. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So again, 
we see that uh, now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out after a man, after his own what? So he desires that, that we would be after his heart. And, and we look at Acts 13, 22, and I know I'm flying through this, but this is just laying the foundation for this series. Acts 13, 22, after removing Saul, uh, the, 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 he made David the king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after God's own what? A man's after God's own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. So simply this, we're made in the image of God. We have a heart. God has a heart. We see that we could choose to follow after God's heart or we could choose to follow after the world. And so we see that in Acts, it says that David was a man that followed after God's own heart. So this leads to a question. How is your heart today? Is your heart seeking after God? Well, the truth is, I think an honest answer for me would be yes and no. Depends on what time of day. Now, overall picture is yes. I love God and I want to seek after his heart and I want to do the best that he wants for me. But there are moments throughout my day where I'm doing my thing. Can you relate to that? And the reason I share that is that's biblical. Because of free will, we go in and out of that. And, 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 and the Bible says this, that by human nature, we, we're sinful. Like we, we are selfish at the core. And so this is going to be a battle for all of us. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says it this way. The heart is deceitful. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. Now, that doesn't seem very hopeful, does it? It's like, your heart sucks? Deal with it. You know, that's a loose translation. But that's not where the story ends. But also, another thing important is to look at Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. For it is from within, out of a person's what? Out of a person's heart. Now, check this out. That evil thoughts come. It's out of the heart that evil thoughts come, not the mind, the heart. Now the mind plays into it, but the heart is so important. It says, here are some of those evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils have come from inside and they could ruin a person or defile a person. And so again, with all that, you're like, pastor, this is like not very hopeful. Like, pastor, this kind of stinks. This is a little depressing about the heart. I want to tell you, no, 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 no. All of that is to share this idea of how valuable the heart is, but also how vulnerable the heart is. Are you with me on that? But look at this beautiful prayer. So David is a man after God's own heart, but David was a man after God's own heart, but also David was a man that committed all kinds of evil and all kinds of sin, and a lot of it was premeditated. And so we go, man, what is all this? And I just look at it and go, it's me, <laughs> right? He, under, he understood the struggle, but he didn't say, I have to give in to this. I've lost, thrown into the, the, the flag and say, I give up. But you look at Psalms 51.10, it says this. This is David's prayer. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a, a steadfast spirit within me. Amen? Now let's read that together. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. 
Let's say that again. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. What a beautiful prayer, amen? That doesn't sound like a prayer of someone that's thrown in the towel. That doesn't sound like a prayer of someone that's given up. It sounds like a prayer of someone that's like, you know what? I know my heart is important. I know I want to seek after God with it, but I also know that I'm vulnerable to trip up, but I know with God's help, it could be renewed. And it's true for David, and it's true for us. Some of us have a cynical heart, a a critical heart. Some of us have an unforgiving heart or a lustful heart, or some of us have just a pure evil heart or a bitter heart or whatever, some of those things that we just think, ah, it's just who I am and I'll always be that way. No, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. And that's why I love this passage because it says, create in me a new heart, a pure heart. So with all that said, that's kind of the foundation for the series and just kind of sharing how important this heart is. Then Proverbs is a book that I think is really helpful. Now Proverbs, I, I hate to say it this way, but a lot of people would say Proverbs are kind of like uh, Chinese fortune cookies, right? You just crack one open and it's got a one-liner that's pretty good. Well, that might be true, but Proverbs is better than Okay. Proverbs is better than, because it's not some fortune cookie, it's God's word. And so that's what we're going to be looking at. Um, so if you're taking notes, write down number two, Proverbs. And I'm just going to give you a cliff note, cliff note, cliff note version of Proverbs. Uh, it's a collection of wise sayings and teachings that were originally written by King Solomon, who was known to be one of the wisest. Uh, a man of great wisdom. And so some people actually just read a proverb a day, you know, kind of thing. They're just real quick one-liners, take you 10 seconds to read. But there's so much pop and so much truth and so much wisdom in each of them. So today, um, as we go into our first proverb, I'll tell you that there's about, actually there's a little over 70 proverbs that talk about the heart. That's, pretty, that's a lot, right? 70. As a matter of fact, to give you context, the Bible, there's almost just a short of a thousand verses that talk about the heart. So that, this, this thing talks a lot about this heart. So we're going to camp out on one today. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Are you ready? Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do, what? Flows from it. Let's say that together. Above all else, Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Again, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Here's a challenge for all of you. Four weeks, four Proverbs. I'd encourage you to memorize these. You know, uh, not that I do this. Guys, not judging, but probably shouldn't be having lipstick, you know, in your section of the bathroom. Um, But I know a lot of times ladies will write, if they want to memorize, they'll write it on their bathroom mirror in lipstick. Go for it, you know, there it is. And anyone that goes in that bathroom, they also see that scripture. Another way to do it, you get those um, sticky notes, right? And and this is really small, so you could write on the sticky note, put it in the center of your steering wheel. Now, don't read it while you're driving, okay? But maybe at stoplights, stop signs, you know, just just look at it. And before you know it, if you look at it enough during the week, you're going to be able to, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it, right? And I challenge you for four weeks to get that in there, all right? So, what does this mean? Let's, let's unpackage this. For me, if you want one phrase, it's a, it's a protected heart. Write that down, protected heart. 
protected heart. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So that's our third point is protected heart. Um, And I want to break this down as we unpackage this. Why? Why do we need to protect our heart? That's what I asked in my, my office. I was like, okay, why? Like he didn't say protect your kneecap. He didn't say protect your nose. He didn't say protect your rib cage. He said, protect your heart above all else, which means it's a priority. Amen. Like this is of most importance. You need to protect your heart. So why? And these are my three answers. So I want you to agree or disagree with it in your own heart. Probably don't shout out, pastor, you know, um, protect your heart. But here's three reasons why I think. Now you might agree, disagree with it, or you might add some other reasons to it. But I want you to interact with this. Like why? Why of all things does he want us to protect our heart? Number one, Pastor Rob thinks it's because the heart is valuable. The heart is valuable. Above all else, guard your heart. It's more important than your kneecap. It's more important than your earlobe. It's more important than your eyes. Above all else, that means it's a priority. It's the seat of emotion. It's, it's where the decisions are made. We need to pay attention to our heart. We need to put the heart on the radar. It's matter, it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. Guard it. I believe we guard that which is valuable. Yeah? Don't we guard that which is valuable? So let me give you a crazy illustration, um, but it's, it's as simplistic as it is. It makes sense to me. So in the Denton household, I know you guys are all different. The Denton household, trash day is on Friday. So on Thursday, we put out the trash out on the streets. In our case, we have a green trash can that we put all the grass clippings in and tree clippings in and all that kind of stuff. Then we have our blue one, and we put all the recycling stuff, right? And then we have the one that really stinks, the black one that gets all the law, right? Will it out to the front street. Now, I can tell you, I've lived in this house just a little over 25 years. I've willed those things out, or my wife's willed them out, or my boys have willed it out. I can tell you not once, not once, not once has it crossed my mind that I should stay out there with those three cans and protect them throughout the evening and make sure that nobody takes what's in it. Now, if you do do that, it's your choice. Knock yourself out. A little weird. But why, why, why would I not even consider that? Why have I not ever done that? Why? Because it's trash. And that trash has no what, church? It has no value. So why in the world would I guard that? Now you take the extreme of the other side. If, if my heart is the most valuable thing I have, physically and spiritually, why am I not guarding it? Did you catch that? And this is, this is wisdom for those of you that are, you get discounts at Denny's, let's just say. You might be getting a check from Social Security. It's for you, and it's for the teenagers in here. It's for the young people. It's for all of us to put guarding our heart on the radar because it's so important. So you say, Pastor, why? Because the heart is valuable. It's the most valuable thing we have. It's where dreams live, desires live, passions live, truth our, our authentic self, it all resides there. But here's something I read from a commentator this week. 
I hadn't thought of. So you, you wrestle with this as I did. But I came to the conclusion, yeah, you're right. It's the heart that allows us to have a relationship with our creator. Did you catch that? Like that's the connection. Not my big toe, not my liver, not my eyes. It's my heart. You know who else knows that? The enemy. So why protect the heart? Because the heart is valuable. It connects us most importantly with our creator. Secondly, it's the source of everything we do. It's the wellspring of life. An unhealthy heart will impact everything else. Think about it. An unhealthy uh, heart impacts our relationships. It impacts our friendships. It impacts our, our family. It impacts our career. It impacts our attitude. It impacts and impacts and impacts, doesn't it? Our hearts, this little thing that keeps pounding, that is important to pay attention to. It's our core. You know, I was thinking, and please, please, if I'm wrong on this, just write me off as ignorant. I never claim to understand technology, all right? I see heads going like this, mostly my staff team. But as far as I understand computers, that hard drive is the core. That's the heartbeat. And... We spend a lot of money on antivirus things, right? And we run programs all the time to make sure that we keep that thing clean and we guard it. Because if, if the hard drive gets jacked up, the whole thing gets jacked up. And we know about viruses and all that, right? I, I just think of, of my heart as kind of like the hard drive. Like if this gets jacked up, it affects all things. Are you with me on that? Does that make sense? And the third reason why is it's, it's under constant attack. And I hinted to that. Think about that. The Bible says the, the enemy is like a lion, and it's seeking to destroy and devour. Did you know that? So the enemy, we call him Satan, the devil, all that kind of stuff. He's out there to kill, steal, and destroy. One of the things we know about lions, they never go after packs of animals. They go after the one that's alone. Now, here's the thing I know and I rest on. Boy, this is so important to hear. The Bible tells us in 1 John, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That tells me, yeah, the, de the devil might have some strategies. He might have some influence. He might have some power. But Jesus has the ultimate power. He could squash them in any moment. Amen? But that also tells me the devil's a little sneaky. And a little conniving. And it doesn't mean that he's dumb. And he's, he's strategic about what he does. And what I know is this. If, if, if he understands, because scripture tells us over and over again how valuable the heart is, he understands how valuable the heart is. And so he's not going to go after our big toe. He's not going to go after our ribs. He's not going to go after our kneecaps. He's going to go after our hearts. And that's why we got to guard our hearts. Amen. Because it's constantly wanting to be under attack. It's constantly wanting to disappoint, discourage, destroy the heart. He's constantly wanting to disillusion the heart. He, he wants us to give up. He wants us to quit. He wants us to throw in the towel. That's what the devil wants. Because if he could disconnect our heart with God's heart, he's won. And he'll do anything he can. 
So brothers and sisters in Christ, we got to pay attention to our hearts. And not only as individual Christ followers and those of you online, listen to this, listen to this. Not, indiv- also, not just as individuals as Christ followers, but as a church. As a church, we have a heartbeat, don't we? Collectively. I want to tell you something exciting. Uh, I know because uh, of the storm and all that, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed all you guys came. I know a lot of churches even canceled today. Um, last week, second service, it was packed in here, right? First service, packed in here. Just to let you know, I know this is kind of scary, and, and I'm not saying this is going to happen tomorrow kind of thing, but we as a staff are talking about third service just because there, there's revival going on here. I don't know if you know that. Have you noticed how many baptisms are happening and how many people are coming? And, and I mean, there's just an excitement right here and with the school and what God is doing on this campus. If we're a campus that wasn't reaching lost people, do you think the devil would give a rip? I think he'd be fine. I, he would be fine if we were a country club or a museum, right? But we're not a country club or a museum. We're the church. And we're trying to do the best of our ability is help people love God and love others to the best of our ability. And I'm telling you, something's going on. I've been around here a long time. And so I don't re- really say that, but it's, it, it's happening. We literally have people just driving, literally. I could tell you story after story after story just this year of people that are driving by our campus. And, I, and, and in this case, every situation is a male and most of them are really young. I don't know what's going on with this, but literally driving by our campus Monday through Friday, they will turn in here. Most of them say, I don't know why. They park and they have the courage to go to the bell and push the button for the front door. And they walk in and they say, I'd like to see a pastor. Church, it's crazy. And these guys are getting into God's word and they're coming to fight night and they're coming to church and, and they're giving their lives to Jesus Christ. Amen? And it's, that's not guys. I mean, we've got all kinds of people studying. I know there's people studying in different classrooms right now. They're just started coming to our church saying, tell me about who this Jesus is. And so what I'm saying is, is not only in your own life do you need to pay attention to the attacks of your heart, but we as a church need to be praying for unity of just the members in this church and us as a church and our school and this campus, that the angels will be surrounding our campus, but we will keep marching and doing the work of God. Amen? Amen. This is so important that we guard our hearts. Because if we jack up our hearts, it'll jack up our life. So I want to spend the rest of the sermon on how. How do we protect our heart? Is that fair? Because we know why it's valuable. uh, It's a source of everything we do. It's under constant attack. But how? Number one, these are just my opinions, and you you could add to it or subtract if you want. I think the discipline of reflection is really important. Mark 1.35, Jesus, it says, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left his place, went to a solitary place where there he what? Where there he prayed. We also know about Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, it says, Jesus says, I have all authority in heaven and earth. So if Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth, but he finds it important to get up very early in the morning while it's still dark to connect with his father, don't you think it would be wise for us? Now, here's the deal. I'm not telling you when to do it. I'm not telling you how to do it. I'm just telling we need to do it. We need to be connected to our creator. And how do you connect with them? Through prayer and reading the Bible. 
We always say, hey, if you don't have a Bible, go pick one up. It was great. I was at our fight night last Thursday. And one of the young guys goes, hey, I took one of those Bibles. Is it okay? I said, absolutely. I would love for that bookshelf to be gone. I would love for us to have to find money every week to go buy more Bibles because you're bringing them home and you're reading them. Amen? So it's still, if you don't have a Bible, grab one of those, consider it a gift from the church, read it. Start in the book of John, maybe the book of James. But read it. I think um, if we want to guard our hearts, we need the discipline of reflection. Uh, You don't understand prayer? Um, You could always talk to me, talk to someone at the Welcome Center, ask for a meeting with one of the pastors. We'd love to tell you. But we do have a prayer event coming September 30th on a Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30. Myself and two others will speak on the topic of prayer. It's not going to be heady. It's all hearty. (laughs) And I mean hearty, H-E-A-R-T, not hearty, the cowboy singer. Sorry. Come to that. Be encouraged by it. Learn, grow, and how to read the word and how to get in God's uh, in, in communication with him. Proverbs today. Some of you may just need to start with that. I'm not here to tell you how much, how long, but I'm just telling you to connect. Psalms 119 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not what? Sin against you. See, there's no shortcuts to guarding your heart. <laughs> there's no shortcuts to it. You got to put some work in. Um, So my 16-year-old, yeah, 16, Easton turned 16 last Sunday. Um, This summer, he decided to start a business. And uh, so he he got this big, massive laser machine that cuts wood, and I think it's plastic and metal and all that. It cuts it, also engraves on it, and this stuff. So a lot of times in the summer, he'd be on a computer, and I'd be like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm designing. So he's designing ornaments or designing plaques or just whatever kinds of stuff. He's in there designing. So what you do is, because I wouldn't let it in the house because it creates a lot of smoke. I mean, this, well, this will cut wood like that thick. He would take his computer, go in the garage, and he'd connect the computer to the laser machine. And I, I, the, what he was putting out was just amazing. I'm like, what? You know? So one, one day in the evening, I wanted to see how this thing works. He goes, Dad, don't look at that laser. You know? I'm like, well, I, I'm going to look a little bit. And so I looked down, and this, this laser is just cutting this stuff out. And then in some cases, it just, it, just, um, it just impresses and burns on just the surface. So unbelievable stuff this machine does. And I was thinking about it in my office. This is the wood, the plastic, the metal. This is the computer, the design. You hook them up. Allow this to burn onto this. Isn't that, isn't that what Psalms 119 is? My word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. So we need to, we need to allow this image to be imprinted on this. And church, our world would look a lot different, wouldn't it, if we did so? So we can't worry about the world. We can only worry about us. So start with us. Amen? The discipline of rest would be the second way of how to do this. Um, I'm awful. I suck at this. Okay? I, I, I just, I'm, I'm, all, I'm awful at this. But just because I'm awful, it doesn't mean it's not true, right? I mean, you guys heard the elders just... And I say this in a very loving way, not a forceful or evil way. It is the most, the kindest thing. They, they made me take July off because um, they, they knew what was, you know, just all that I'd been doing for so many years. And I, I said, no, 
I fought it. <laughs> I did it. And um, so I'm telling you, I'm not good at this, but I don't mean just you know, what I did. But when I say the discipline of rest, I mean, I mean naps are biblical. <laughs> Some I've said that before. People are like, yes. Um, if you're napping all the time, that's sinful. That's, that's, that's just being lazy. But naps, sleep, rest, Sabbath, vacations, all those things done in the right amount of time. We need that, church. Our bodies aren't built to do what we're being asked to do. Did you know that? And so um, what happens is if we don't rest, we get tired and we get cranky. I just saw some elbows. Don't do that. Don't elbow the person next to you. But we get cranky and then we get vulnerable, don't we? When When we're not on our game, Man, I play a lot of sports over the years and coach a lot of sports. If you're tired, I just I was doing coaching beach volleyball yesterday. Yeah, it's a sport in high school. And um, one of the matches, the kids, I just kept telling them, don't go jump and play in the ocean afterwards. I mean, they're playing from seven to two. And oh, you know, whatever. And I'm like, drink, drink. And they, I saw two of our teams that could have easily won, but they were exhausted. And so they weren't able to play at the best of their ability. Well, volleyball, who cares? But life, it really matters that we make sure we rest. Amen? When it comes, comes to the heart. Uh, the discipline of recreation. We need healthy distractions. Did you catch that? Healthy distractions. Um, again, everything's in balance, but you need hobbies. You need things that are going to allow you to disengage. I call it brain dead. Most people don't like it when I say that. So, but golf is that for me. Um, going to Dodger games is that for me. Now, here's what's weird. People think it's just weirdly weird. My, my family used to think it, but now they just... I'll go to Dodger games by myself a lot because I just like being in the stadium and I like not thinking about anything or having to entertain someone. Now, I love going with friends too, but there's times where I like to just golf by myself or I like, I like to walk on the beach by myself. Are you with me? I, I think you need those moments so that you can be your best in guarding your heart. Lastly, the discipline of relationships. We're not made to do life alone. You've heard me preach sermon after sermon on this. Oh, but people bug me. Yeah, well, they bug me too. And I probably bug you. None of you bug me. But yeah, relationships can be hard, can't they? Yeah, they can be hard and they can suck the life out of you. But that's no excuse to say, I'm gonna just do life on my, by myself. Because remember, the devil goes after those that are by themselves. We need to be in community. We need to be in relationship. This is healthy right here, but even smaller. That's why life groups are so important. I'm telling you, we need twice as many life groups as we have right now. We don't need teachers, we need facilitators. Pastor John does great lessons. It's all, it's all there. And all you need to do is facilitate it. Open up your home. Invite a few friends over. Come here on Wednesday nights. Ask us for a classroom uh, on any night of the week. We want you to be in community. The bigger we get as a church, the smaller we need to get. Amen? I think relationships are important. Um, I have a lot to say on that, but I'll leave it at that. Proverbs 4.23 says this. Above all else, guard your hearts, for everything you do flows from it. Let's say that. Above all else, guard your hearts, for everything you do flows from it. Thank you, Solomon, for your wisdom in encouraging us to protect our hearts, helping us understand maybe the wise and the house. Father, help us. Help us to take this to heart. Help us to have success in guarding our hearts. 
where there's so many things that want to attack it, so many things that want to find its way in there. Give us victory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Tender mercies and your love that you've always shown me. You forget all my rebellion.